The FedLife Podcast is presented by Serving Those Who Serve, a fiduciary fee-based financial planning firm serving federal government employees and retirees all over the country. This podcast is for informational purposes only and is not intended to be taken as financial advice. All listeners should consult their personal advisors before taking any action. The opinions expressed by our hosts are their own and do not reflect the views, policies, or position of either Raymond James or Serving Those Who Serve. Hello and welcome everyone to this episode of the FedLife Podcast. I'm your host, Dan Seip. Additionally, I'm the branch manager, Lee Seip and Associates, and Serving Those Who Serve. I will begin, as I always do, by saying thank you. Thank you for taking the time to listen. But above all, thank you for your service to the government, to the country, to me. You did not hear that enough. You will always hear it here. Another thing that you always hear on FedLife is the guru, Ed Zerndorfer. He is back with us again as part of our ongoing mission to reach, teach, and serve you for your civilian Fed. At the outset, if you're regular, you're used to this, I need to say the opinions of our guest Ed Zerndorfer, no matter how awesome they are, are not the opinions of Raymond James are serving those who serve. This podcast is presented for information only and not intended to be taken as advice. All listeners should consult their personal advisors before taking any action. Uh, if you don't have a personal advisor, hit us up at stwserve.com. We will help you any way we can. Ooh, I'm excited about this today's topic yet. I really, really, really am. So your topic is, for younger federal employees, the mass favors Roth TSP. I really feel that this is an undercovered idea. So you open with a quick flyover on the premise and the difference between traditional and Roth TSP. So tell us about that. Okay, let's go back and talk about, the, first of all, the traditional TSP. I call it the yep. original TSP because that's when yep. the TSP started in 1987. That's all there was, the traditional TSP. Sure. What was a traditional TSP, like a traditional 401k plan, traditional 402b plan. The way it works is this. An employee works for a company to offer such a plan. In this case, a federal employee is all, a, who's a permanent employee is eligible to enroll in the traditional TSP in which the contributions that the employee makes, always from salary, contributions always have to be made via payroll deduction, are deducted from the employee's gross salary, gross salary, before any federal and state taxes are taken out and put into the traditional, their traditional TSB account. The Once the money, the contributions are go into the account, the contributions, depending on how they're invested in the five TSB funds, Core, I call the core funds or one of the L funds or now the mutual fund window accrue earnings, interest, dividends, capital gains. Everything is growing over time, tax deferred. Nothing is taxed until money is withdrawn from the traditional TSB down the line. So you're talking about potentially here, potentially tax deferred compounded growth. So the person's getting, the employee's getting a tax break up front. At the beginning, but has to pay taxes when the money is withdrawn. And that usually is after age 55 because you can make penalty-free withdrawals from one's traditional TSP account if they retire sometime during or after the year they turn 55. That is for gotcha. lower employees. There are exceptions to that. We're not going to get into that. Special provision employees, anybody out there who's a special employee, please turn in to our 
always got to make a plug for a webinar here, Dan. We have a special revisions webinar for a special provision employees webinar talking about TSB for special provision employees that include law enforcement officers, firefighters, air traffic controllers, customs and border patrol officers. That webinar will be held on October 31st. You can get more information by going to the website, www.stwserv.com. Just click on webinars and webinars, and you can see that webinar will be on October 3rd and sign up for free. Okay. Gotcha. So that is the traditional TSP. Well, in 2012, the TSP expanded and offered the Roth TSP, like many private companies offering the Roth 401k. With the Roth TSP, it's just the opposite. An employee, once again, has to make contributions to the Roth TSP via payroll deduction, but the contributions that are made via payroll are done with after-tax dollars, after the federal and state taxes are taken out. The contribution goes into the Roth TSP account, once again, has access to the same funds, five, five core funds, yep. the L fund, L funds, mutual fund window. But the difference here is that the contributions, again, are going with after-tax dollars. Earnings are, there are accrued earnings, interest, dividends, capital gains, and these contributions and earnings grow Tax free, potentially tax free. Sure. And once the Roth TSB account owner reaches age 59 and a half, they can make tax, what's called qualified tax free withdrawals in which nothing is taxed. So, in other words, Dan, the tax break is at the end when you take the money out. There's no tax break at the beginning. Gotcha. And you rightly point out, and a lot of people miss this, that Roth TSP has no income restrictions like the Roth IRA. I get this question so often. Sure. From federal employees. Ed, I would love to put money into the Roth TSP. I hear it's so great. But I was told by my accountant, well, your income is too high. Yes, your income is too high to contribute to a Roth IRA. Dan, we must distinguish between what is a Roth IRA and what the Roth TSP is. There's a difference. It's similar to a traditional IRA is different than the traditional TSP. Here are the differences again with the Roth IRA. Number one, you're limited as far as how much you can contribute to the Roth IRA. For example, in 2023, the most you can put into a Roth IRA is $6,500 if you're under sure. age 50 or $7,500 if you're going to be age 50 or older as of December 31st, 2023. That is the dollar limitation. But there's another right. limitation that if your adjusted gross income, AGI, is too high during 2023, you're not allowed to contribute to a Roth IRA. That is not the case. When it comes to the Roth TSP, there are no adjusted gross limitations, adjusted gross income limitations when it comes to contributing to the Roth TSP. Whether your income, I'm talking about your AGI, is $5,000 a year or $500 million a year, you are allowed to contribute to the Roth TSP. But you got to be a federal employee, though. You got to be a federal employee. Once you leave federal service, you know, and you can't obviously contribute to the Roth TSP. 
Sure. So that's a major thing, major difference. Now, you also encourage our feds not to be put off by the complexity of after-tax versus tax-free because of those potential lifetime benefits. That is correct. I mean, so, so I, I find that sometimes employees, we, and we do we do a TSP webinar each month, they're overwhelmed. I, I don't understand. I just don't understand how this raw TSP, this, this raw TSP works because of the getting tax-free income when I take the money out. But what, in the meantime, what am I supposed to do? What are you supposed to do? Contribute to it. It, it, sure. it can be a little overwhelming, but that should not stop an individual, especially an individual who cannot contribute to a Roth IRA. Roth gotcha. IRA. Gotcha. And for our folks who are have a lot in traditional, you make a great point, and that is that the period you know, following minimum retirement age, so if somebody's going out at 57 or 58, and Medicare age might be a good time to consider doing Roth conversions, correct? Yes, yes. The reason is that when you reach age 65, when a federal retiree reaches age 65, they are encouraged to sign up for Medicare. Medicare Part A, hospital insurance, free. No, there's no, no premium costs. Also, yep. sign up for Medicare Part B, the medical insurance, which is not free. And what, what a federal retiree pays for Medicare Part B, and I'm a federal retiree, depends on your adjusted gross income. The sure. higher your adjusted gross income, the more you have to pay for Medicare Part B in a given year. Now, um, what is included in income, Dan? What are some of the things a federal retiree, what's going to be included in income? Pension, Social Security, SRS annuity, annuity, Social yep. Security, traditional TSB, traditional yep. IRAs, capital gains outside of a retirement account, dividends, sure. interest income, lottery winnings, every, you know, all the good stuff. Yep. But not qualified Roth IRA and qualified Roth TSB divisions. They are not included in yep. one's income for purposes of the Medicare Part B uh, monthly premium. And gotcha. because the Medicare Part B premiums, we said, are dependent on your income, what the folks at Medicare do is they have what's called income tiers. They break it down depending on what your income, your AGI was in the previous year, what you're going to pay in the, in the following year for Medicare Part B. They call them income tiers. Dan, if you go over by $1, you could be subject Ouch. to what's called IRMA. And yep. that's not an IRMA we're talking nope. about here. It's I-R-M-A-A, nope. um, which stands for yep. Income Related Medicare Adjustment Amount. You go over by $1, like this year, in 2023, you go over by $1, you're going to pay an extra $65.90 per month. It yep. goes up over, 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 over as your income goes up. So what I'm saying is that having some Roth TSB withdrawals, Roth IRA withdrawals, you know, by converting some of those traditional IRAs to Roth IRAs, by putting more money into the Roth TSB, or if you can't, you can you max out Roth TSB, you convert some of your traditional IRAs to Roth IRAs. Pay the tax before you reach 65, at least before age 63. It may save you the the, the the misery, I call it, of having to pay more for Medicare Part B for the each year, each month, and, and for the future, for the rest of your life. 
Gotcha. This is important. I couldn't agree with you more. Now, your article also dives into when you know somebody should really be considering utilizing Roth TSP, and you have four examples. So let's let's work through those. The first has to do with you think you're basically going to stay in the same bracket for a long time. So tell us about that. Okay, so if one is expecting to be in the same marginal tax bracket, and Dan, we have to mention, when I say the marginal tax bracket, both federal and state. Sure. Okay, combine those tax brackets, okay? If they expect to be in the same marginal, overall marginal tax bracket when they withdraw money from their TSP account, as when they are contributing to their TSP account, they should be putting money in, they should put some money into raw TSP. Why? Because we say your marginal tax bracket, particularly federal, is going to be the same when you take the money out. I think we're hedging our bets a little bit here. We don't know what Congress is going to do. My gut feeling is Congress has to raise taxes. I think they're going to go up. Right now, our individual tax rates are low because that was a result of the passage of the Tax Cuts and Jobs Act of 2017. Keep in mind, the Tax Cuts and Jobs Act of 2017 reduced individual taxes to their lowest rate ever, but only temporarily. They're due to go back up on January 1st, 2026 to what they were in 2017 before this passage of this law. Inflation adjusted. Yep. Which brings us to your point number two, which is if you're going to be in a higher bracket in retirement and a lot of early career feds, that's that's a real thing for them, right? Yes. Yes. It's possible they could be in a higher tax bracket when they take the money out. And Dan, we are talking about income taxes here. Income taxes here. There are other what I call stealth taxes out there for retirees. I call them stealth taxes. One of them, which is the Medicare Part B premium. We just went through the Medicare Part B premium. There's another tax out there that may creep up in retirement. It's called the net investment income tax, NIIT. So if your adjusted gross income is over $250,000 and you're getting dividends and capital gains, interest, you're going to be paying an additional 3.8% in tax on what you already are paying. So somebody who might be in a, let's say, a 24% tax bracket in retirement, but their adjusted gross income is over $250,000, then they're going to be paying 27.8% on their interest income. Again, you just got to go over by $1 you know, over the $250,000, and now you're going to be subject to that NIIT, nasty tax. So gotcha. you can't go wrong. You can't go wrong putting some money money into the raw TSP. Sure. Raw TSP. Sure. And your item three talks about the power of, of Roth TSP for inheritance. Tell us about that. Oh, yes. Roth TSP inheritance. We all want to make sure that that we work so hard to generate this nice Roth TSP account or Roth IRA account, and then we have a sizable amount. One of the beauties of the Roth TSP, Roth IRAs, is that it's not subject to required minimum distributions. When you reach that required beginning date, 
which is right now 72, it's going to be 73 starting next year, you don't have to worry about having to take any money out of your Roth TSP account or your Roth IRA. You could sit there and keep growing. It's nice to know if you have to take the money out, you don't have to pay any tax. But you may pass away before you use up all the money in your Roth account. Then what happens? You need the beneficiary. So if your beneficiary is your spouse, your spouse inherits all that money and he or she does not have to take the money out at all as well. What about non-spouses? Children. Yep. Children. Well, the good news is they will not have to take, they will not have to pay tax on withdrawals from their inherited Roth, TSB, Roth IRA accounts. The bad news is they have to take it all out within 10 years. Within 10 years, they cannot get lifetime income from that. But still, knowing they're not going to have to pay tax is 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 inheritance in itself. No, I agree. And you mentioned spouse, so your your fourth point is utilizing Roth TSP to protect the spouse. Tell us about that. Oh yes, uh, yeah. Like I like I mentioned that when the, let's say a traditional TSP uh, participant is married, has a named his or her spouse as beneficiary of their traditional TSP. Then the when the participant dies, then the spouse can set up what's called a beneficiary TSP account, a beneficiary TSP account. And the spouse can do anything except contribute to that account. They can make withdrawals. They don't have to take make withdrawals until they reach their required beginning date. But the benefit but the, the spouse may also have retirement accounts of their own. Sure. Maybe they're a federal employee themselves and have their own TSP account. Maybe they have traditional IRAs. When they reach that required beginning date, they're going to have to take money out of all these accounts. And the result could be now that they're filing as single as opposed to married filing jointly, it could put her into a, put the spouse into a higher overall marginal tax bracket. Yep. I have a client there whose husband died last year, back in 2022. He had a huge IRA. She retired in federal government. Nice TSP account. Now she's getting close to recovering. What am I going to do? It's going to push me into a higher tax bracket. So it, 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 it's it's not a pretty scene, but that wouldn't be the case with the raw TSP because gotcha. the raw TSP is not subject to requirement distributions. Indeed. And you round out with when someone might want to contribute to both traditional and Roth TSP. Talk us through that. Yes. In that case there, um, someone, let's say, in a higher marginal tax bracket, when I say higher marginal tax bracket, let's take a federal employee who's in a 35 or 37% tax bracket. That's at the top. Sure. They, they, they probably need some, some tax savings um, somehow to, to, to save on taxes currently. They may want to contribute both to the traditional traditional TSB and the Roth TSB for the purposes of having tax savings now and having tax savings later. I call this, Dan, I call this tax diversification. There are three things that go into tax diversification. Getting tax savings currently by contributing to a traditional, in this case, TSB account, tax-free income, tax-free income, in which they'll get tax-free, that they'll get income that's tax-free. That's the raw TSP down the line. 
And finally, there's something called tax preferential. And what is that all about? If one is investing in non-retirement accounts, they have a brokerage account. This is outside retirement. Because dividends and long-term capital gains are taxed at what is called a preferential rate. 15%. If an individual is in a 20, 22% or high, uh, 22%, 24%, uh, 32%, uh, 28% or 35% tax bracket, they're going to pay 15% tax on qualified dividends and, and long-term capital gains. On the other hand, they would pay their regular what's called ordinary tax rates if they're in a 20 if they're in a 35% tax bracket they're going to pay 35% tax on the interest income um if they're in a 37% tax bracket they have to pay a 20% tax preferential tax sure. no preferential tax but either way they are saving on taxes by investing in dividends and capital gains so that's the three ways it's called tax diversification yep no couldn't agree with you more you know and this has been great because you and I both know that Roth TSP is one of the most misunderstood and underutilized federal benefits. And folks, you, if, if you've attended Ed's webinars, you've heard this. If you haven't, you're missing out. Be sure to attend the webinars we sponsor with Ed. Ed talks about mission, that, that we've got a mission to make sure that you get the information that you need to make the best decisions. So... You know, I, I personally think it's a pretty special place. It's it's this dynamic ecosystem of mission and community, okay, with the express goal of helping you make those better or best decisions. And, you know, take time, go through the website. We are producing content pretty much every single day. So you've got this webinar Caitlin Murray and I have the Fed 15. That's our short form. We've got at least eight webinars up every month. As you heard from, uh, if somebody says, hey, we need this type of webinar, we've got one for special provisions now. So this community is here for you. And since you took the time to listen to this, you're part of that community. Take advantage of it. Okay. And we're very blessed to have Ed as part of it. He is a huge part of what we're able to do. So, Ed, this was a huge article. And super important. So thank you, sir. My pleasure. It's always, Dan, as you know, one of the things I just love to do is give positive news. And one of the things is that I only find that there's only positive news associated with the Roth TSP and Roth IRAs. And I just want to mention again that effective January 1st, 2024, this coming January 1st, the Roth TSP will not be included in the calculation of the TSP RMD. For years, I was was mentioning that for those individuals who cannot contribute to a Roth IRA because their income is too high, you can always do the Roth TSP and then transfer the Roth TSP to a Roth IRA in order for what? Before you reach your required beginning date, this way the Roth TSP will not be included in the calculation of the TSP RMT. That will no longer be necessary. Come January 1st, 2024, you don't have to transfer. You still can. Maybe you want to transfer to Roth IRA in order to have more flexibility 
in terms of investing in the Roth IRA, which, you know, the Roth DSP, you're restricted as far as what you can invest in. And that, that's that, I, I believe me, I'm not, I'm not making any judgment here. Some people, uh, some individuals like to have the flexibility investing in different types of things. And you can do that with the Roth IRA, but it will not be necessary to do that for purposes of avoiding the Roth TSP RMD. Because again, January 1st, 2024, the Roth TSP will not be included in the calculation, will not, you know, the balance will not be included in the calculation of the TSP RMD from now on. Very important. There you go, folks. Giving you the stuff you need to know. Well, that is a wrap. We will see you at our next podcast. We are serving those who serve. Hit that subscribe button, whether you're on YouTube or Spotify. Please share this with your friends, strangers, enemies. They'll thank you for it. Don't forget those live webinars. Just go to scwserve.com. You'll see the button at the top. Click on it. Take it to the menu. Pick out whatever you want to uh, go to. There's a ton there. Sign up for one, sign up for all. Share with your friends. They will thank you. Don't forget to read Ed every single week in the Fed Zone. That's at fed-zone.com. And sign up for the weekly serving, and then we'll ship our best to you every single week. You don't even have to go looking. So, saying goodbye for Ed, the crew at Serving the Serve, and me, Dan Sype. I will sign off as I always do by saying, good luck, Godspeed, and above all, remember, it's your Fed life, so please make it a great one, because you deserve it. Stay well, everybody. We are out. 